Anybody ready for the Lord to move in them? Move here, Lord. Thank you for your worship. All right. We have been kind of doing a little bit of a Bible study in James. I'm just going to pick it right up in James chapter 3. I'm going to kind of throw you a little bit of a curveball this morning. Let me pray first. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your worship. I thank you for our hearts turning to you. Lord, I thank you for your presence. And I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us, fill this church. Lord, and let us hear your word in the way that you desire for us to hear it. Let us hear it through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, through your covenant, through your, uh, through your ways, Lord. Let us, um, let us have open eyes and open ears to hear you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 Thank you. It's pretty interesting how the Creator has created us. And, you know, worship this morning is about how good God is, how beautiful God is, and about the sun rising. I want you to think just for a minute about how our Creator created us. And we're just going to focus this morning on the human head. And if you think about the human head, think about how many holes we have in our head. If you think for just a minute, we've got seven. Did I say something wrong? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. But seven um, in Scripture denotes completeness. And we have three pairs of openings, two eyes, two ears, and two nostrils. But the Lord restricted the seventh opening to one. One mouth. Do you ever wish you had more than one mouth? Have you ever wished you didn't even have the one mouth? We have enough problems with the one that we have. The one that we have causes us more problems than all the other six altogether. If you get a Bible and you start to look through Scripture, of all the places where Scripture talks about this one opening, whether it's the mouth, the tongue, the lips, your speech, your words, etc., you would be amazed at how much the Bible talks about this subject, and rightfully so. There is no area in our personality more directly related to our total well-being than our mouth and our tongue. Let's look in God's Word to see the emphasis and the vital importance of the mouth and the tongue. And we'll take uh, the principles for this series that we're going to go into. Now remember, this is from James chapter 3, but I'm going to start in Psalm chapter 34, verse 11. This is from the NIV. It says, Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now remember, keep this in context. Listen, my children, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever loves your life, whoever, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Now God opened up, Psalm opened up saying, I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. If you love life in long days, then keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. The Word of God here offers to teach us, God's children, whom we are, if we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He offers to teach us the fear of the Lord. And there is nothing in all of Scripture that is attached to greater blessing, to greater fruitfulness and assurance 
than the fear of the Lord. You start searching out the blessing of the Lord, you will find a lot of times the fear of the Lord. So when Scripture offers to teach us the fear of the Lord, do you know what he's offering to teach us? Something of infinite worth and value. It says, life and many good days go together with the fear of the Lord. Life in its fullness and the fear of the Lord are always associated together. The measure in which we have the fear of the Lord is the same measure in which we, in which we enjoy true life. To make things practical, where does the fear of the Lord begin? I know that there is scripture that says the, beginning of, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But I want to give, give a little bit different uh, approach to this. It's very clear that when God says, I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord, here comes, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. In other words, the first area in which the fear of the Lord is going to be practically manifested is going to come from our lips and our tongue, and our mouth. Amen? If we can keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking lives, then we can begin to move into the fullness of the fear of the Lord. Now, my whole intention, church, is to move us into blessing. The Lord has blessing that he wants us to experience because of the total price that he has paid for us. And he teaches us by his word how to move into that. That is my desire, is not to sit here and get on to us about our tongues, not to sit here and try to just step on your toes all day. No, it's an intentional thing that we're trying to move into the blessing of the Lord. Amen? That's where I want to be. I don't know where you want to be, but I want to be under the fountain of blessing. I want to be under the covering of the Lord. So, uh, what comes out of the fear of the Lord? Life and many good days. The light bulb's just gone off, off just, just the second gone off for me. Do you know what I look for in a day? I want a good day. I long for a good day. And I don't care if it's raining or sunshining. That does not dictate my day. It needs to rain. The sun needs to shine. We need to have cool days so we don't have as many bugs in the summer. We need the cold. We need the heat. But that does not dictate my day. Do you know what dictates my day? The fear of the Lord. And I want a good day. How many of you get up in the morning and just say, oh, please, let this be a good day? I love good days. God loves good days. He has designed good days. The fear of the Lord, life, and good days, and the proper use and control of our tongue and lips are all bound together. We cannot really have good lives if we do not control our tongues and our lips. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 3 says, He who guards their lips preserve what is this? What, what version are we looking at? I'm, my version is NIV. He who guards his lips guards his life. 
but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. You know what this means? Preserve his lips, guards their, li- guards their life. That means their soul. And you know what your soul is? Your soul is your whole personality. It's the real you. This is the area where weakness will manifest first and where the enemy will gain access first. If you want to guard your soul, guard your lips. But if you speak rashly, you will come to ruin. Proverbs 21, 23 says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. If you guard your mouth and your tongue, then you can guard your soul and your life. You are safe. What does this word calamity mean? It means a state of deep distress. A state of deep distress or misery caused by major misfortune or loss. It also means an extraordinarily grave event marked by great loss and lasting distress and affliction. Do you know the one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself from calamity? Keeps himself from that deep distress and misery. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. The King James here that I'm reading from, this is from King James, says a wholesome tongue. Do you, but do you know the Hebrew translation says the healing of the tongue. The healing of the tongue is a tree of life. You know what that indicates? It indicates that your tongue needs healing. Getting a few giggles. How many of us needs our tongue healed? The alternative is the perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. You know what perverseness means? It just means the wrong use. The wrong use of the tongue brings a breach, a leak in the spirit. Do you remember a few years ago with the breach in the levee at New Orleans? They had designed it to function for that flood, for that major event. But there was a breach And the breach allowed the water to go where it was not supposed to go, into the homes, into people's lives, and disaster occurred. Many times we get filled and blessed, but it runs out through our tongue. A a, a breach happens, and it flows out of our tongue, and we miss everything that God's desiring to do in our life you got to keep a a tight rein on your tongue to contain the blessing of the Lord. It's one thing to be blessed. It's another thing to contain the blessing. The healing of the tongue is a tree of life that brings life to others, and it works inwardly and outwardly. Talking about this breach and letting it out, have you ever just been in great shape with your spouse? I mean, you're having a great day, leading up to a great end of the day. And then you open your mouth. Man, that's where I live. Not my wife, me. Man, I wished I hadn't have said that. And you can't get it back. You try to get that water back in the, in the levee, but there ain't no getting it back in there. It's gone. And you can just see the air come out of the balloon. It just leaked out. The blessing just got released and God blesses us and then 
we open our mouth. How many times have we regretted what we've said or thought, I could have said that better? Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Both death and life are in the power of the tongue. If we use our tongues properly, it says that we will be a tree of life. But if we use our tongues improperly, the result is death. You know, and I believe death is a relative term. I believe ultimately it will lead to your physical death, but it will also lead to the death of your good day. It'll lead to the end of where you're trying to get to. You won't get there. You'll die before you get there. And you'll wind up going a different direction. That's how strong the tongue is. Whichever way we use our tongue, whichever way we use our tongue, you can be sure you will eat of that fruit. We want to just think that this scripture is just about eating the good fruit. No, it's saying whichever direction you go, that's the fruit you're going to eat. Are are you all with me? Each of us eats the fruit of our own tongue, whether it's bitter or sweet. You know, when you go to the doctor, what does he always say? Open your mouth. Stick out your tongue. Ah. Uh, every time. I've just had to go to the doctor recently. It's the first time I, my mom may, may can tell you I've had strep throat before, but I've never, I don't remember ever having strep throat, ever. Last Sunday, I had strep throat. I was in here preaching, and I didn't know it. Found out Monday. I had strep. Well, glory to God. What did the doctor say? Open up your mouth. Stick out your tongue. Uh, really? Isn't that kind of old? Aren't we all into something new? Can't you plug something in my ear? Nope. Uh, I still want to see in your mouth. I believe that God is the same way. God, if God wants to see your true condition, you know what he says? Show me your tongue. Uh, what's coming out of your mouth? What are you saying? The Lord says, I don't have to go very far to figure out what you're doing. All i got to do is listen to you. What's coming out of your mouth? Show me your tongue. Your tongue is a sure guide to your spiritual condition. And I'm not talking about what you say at church. Yeah, I'm talking about what you say through the week. I'm talking about what you're saying when nobody's around. That's your true condition. Scripture establishes a direct connection between the heart and the mouth. Matthew 12, 33 says this, either make a tree good and it's either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, good things, and an evil man out of evil treasures brings forth brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they give account of it in the judgment day. When you're alone by yourself and you let words out, you will be judged by those words that you are saying. That's why it's so important that we get our heart right so that we don't start letting this nastiness out of our mouth that we will be judged for later. That is the scariest thing to know that I am going to be, I am going to have to stand for what I've said. (laughs) 
and then not just what people know I've said. <clears throat> but for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus refers to the heart as the tree and the words that come out of the mouth as the fruit. The kind of words that come out of your mouth indicate the true condition of your heart. Verse 35, out of a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil things. If the heart is good, then out of the mouth will come good. If the heart is evil, then out of the mouth will come evil. One of the greatest things that you can do is start to take account of the words that you're saying because you will find out the condition of your heart. When you find out the condition of your heart, it's like, a, it's like an addict, finally the light bulb going off saying, I'm an addict, now I can start to recover. It's not so you can feel bad, it's so you can be healed. The Lord is telling this not so that we can feel bad about the rest of our life, but to change. God wants you to change. He's paid the total price. You have paid the total price. You have given everything for us so that we don't have to walk a life of destruction. He not only gives us the words, he not only gives us the instructions to come out of it, he gives us the power to come out of it. He doesn't just give us the power to come out of it. He gives us the resources to come out of it. He provides everything that we need for our next step. Everything. That's how good God is. He doesn't just give us his word to make us feel bad about who we are and to realize we're just going to have to live there. No, he gives us this word to rescue us out of where we are. To say, I've got a better plan for you, step this way. Matthew 7, 17 says, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. The nature of the tree inevitably determines the kind of fruit. There is an absolute inescapable connection between the state of the heart and the state of the mouth. We can deceive ourselves about the state of our heart with our ideas and our thoughts, about our goodness, about our purity and righteousness, but the unfailing, the sure unfailing indicator is what comes out of our mouth, not what we think. When the heart is filled, it overflows out of the mouth. And what overflows tells the real condition of the heart. One of the greatest things that can happen is when your kids will truly talk and you can hear what's really in their heart. When you have that button pushed, you find out what's in your heart. It's one of the hardest things that I have to walk through, but every now and then I have one of those moments of, what did I just say? What just came out of my mouth? Because you know what that was? That was, a rest, that was a life preserver being thrown to me. Not what I said. What I said wasn't good. But my recognizing by God's word, what did I just say is the Lord trying to rescue me and identify, Paul, that's in your heart. Let me deal with that. Let me have that. I can help you. You don't want to feel like that. That's not you. You know what, as hard as it is, that's what your spouse is there for too. 
your spouse will hear sometimes what you refuse to hear. Sometimes that's the hardest person for me to receive from, but it's the person that I can receive from the best because she knows me the best. And she loves me. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but sometimes it does not feel like love. How many of you know sometimes love doesn't feel like love? Well, that'll preach, won't it? Let's quickly look at James. James chapter 1, verse 26 If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. It doesn't matter how we claim to be religious. We may attend church, we may sing the songs, we may raise our hands and clap our hands and do all the religious stuff. And in themselves, those things are good. But if we don't keep our tongue under control, our religion is worthless and unacceptable to God. To God. What kind of religion does God accept? The next verse, 27. Religion that our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The first requirement of religion is not church going. It's not Bible reading. It is looking after and showing love to those who are in need. Primarily orphans and widows. The kind of religion that God accepts is one where we control our tongue. Verse 26, controlling our tongue and one that looks after those who are in need. I want to give you an encouragement just for a minute. Last week we gave a shout out to a family that had gotten, had such terrible destruction in Jackson County with the, with the, uh, Uh, tornadoes, and they needed a futon. So we just said, let's raise some money for a futon. You know how much money we raised? $1,400. Exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or ask. And I want you to know, those that sowed, a reaping is coming for you. Not the reaper. You've got, you've got seed in the ground. It will come up. It will come up. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what's coming. And out of your giving, they, the Thomases, were absolutely blessed. James chapter 3, verse 2 says, For we all stumble in many things, and if we... If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to do so, able also to bridle his whole body. I've got to go quickly. Verse, uh, uh, in other words, if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole life. It says you're a perfect man. What does that mean? It means that all have stumbled with the mouth. James 3, chapter chapter 3, verse 3, indeed, if we put bits in in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn the whole body... Look also at ships, although they are large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned also by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, if the, to- if the tongue is a little member and boasts great things, see, uh, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a forest, see how great, see how great a forest, a little kindle, I can't, I can't read. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets fire 
the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, reptile or creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. The first, the first example, real quickly, is, the, is a bit in the horse's mouth and is strong, as strong as horse, a horse is. And you know, Scripture, when it refers to a horse, is referring to strength, power. But if you get a hold of the horse's mouth, you can control that entire power. That entire animal can be controlled by a horse's mouth. It's brought into subjection through the control of the mouth. But the rudder of a ship, you know, you look at these megaton cruise liners, these big aircraft carriers, these massive, humongous uh, uh, boats, ships, are controlled by this little bitty rudder. And you know, if the rudder is controlled correctly, the ship will make it into the harbor. If it is not, there's a great chance that it is going to be shipwrecked. The same way with your mouth, it is a determining factor of where you're going. If your mouth is controlled, you're going to get to your destination. If your mouth is out of control, you're going to wind up shipwrecked. Next, it talks about a spark that can start a forest fire. How many times has one little word caused an uncontrollable fire in your life? One little word. And you know what it says where that fire comes from? Hell. Have you ever noticed how much one word can cause division? In the best relationships, one word can completely set us off. And then finally, it talks about the mouth being a lethal poison. The tongue is like a deadly element that can poison, spreading infection through the whole system of our lives. Have you ever noticed when someone says something about you or gossips or has a negative word about you, how it affects your entire body? Have you ever noticed that when something gets a hold of your mind, you can't hardly control anything? Those examples, bits in the horse's mouth, the rudder in the ship, the spark that starts a fire, the poison injected into the live stream. The principle is the same. The tongue is a small, tiny part of our body, but the, the inestim, inestimable damage that the tongue can, can incur is unbelievable. And there are things that have been said over you or that you have said that has had control over your, your entire life. That's how powerful the tongue is. That's how powerful what you say over your children is. As I close, James chapter 3, verse 9, it says, with, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. We have been made in the similitude of God. Similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and curses. My brethren, these things should not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water? And bitter from the same opening, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. James is saying the exact same that Jesus has said. If the tree is good, the, fr the fruit will be good. If you have a fig tree in your heart, you're going to get figs out of your mouth. 
the flow of water, if the flow of water out of your mouth is fresh, then, then in your heart is fresh. If in your heart is salty and repulsive, then out of your mouth is going to come salty and repulsive. One of the greatest indicators of your heart is your mouth. As I close this morning, I implore you, I implore you, implore, I ask you, I beg you, I want to take it farther than beg, I, I want to take it farther than ask, I beg you, take account of your mouth. Now, Scripture says no man can tame the tongue. You can't do this on your own. You're not called to do this on your own. You're not required to do this on on your own. The only way that you can do it is by the work of the power, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way. I cannot control my tongue without the power of the Holy Spirit. If you know my testimony at all, you would know that I used to have a, I used to cuss, I used to use profanity a lot. And I want you to know by the power of the Holy Spirit, He delivered me. He delivered me, but I had to pursue it. I had to pray. I had to seek God, and I had to learn to replace the words that used to come out of my mouth with different words. And you know what? By the power of the Holy Spirit, He did it in me. Now, I'm not perfect. If anything ever slips, it would be my tongue. But I want you to know that the Lord has given us the power over our tongue. And you're going to see as we go through this for the next few weeks, where you wind up is a big factor of what's coming out of your mouth. This morning, all I ask you to do is to take account. Have you ever heard Joe McGee in the financial thing to start writing down everywhere you're spending your money? Start listening to every word you're saying. Let's have an identifying of the heart this week because God wants to change your heart. He wants to make you a good tree. Uh, full of life, good days, full of good days. He wants to teach you the fear of the Lord. And you know how he starts? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Amen. We all stand up with me. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for giving us your word that we can have a, a different word to, to learn to stand on and to speak. Lord, let us speak according to your word. And Lord, let us take into account of the things that we're saying. Let us not be stubborn and not be able to receive when you try to bring correction. For that, your word tells us that that is a fool that won't allow correction to take place. And that is a wall that Satan has put up full of pride that won't allow us to change. Lord, in Jesus' name, I just break that this morning. And I just ask you right now to help us to identify our heart. And I just ask you right now, Father, to start to heal our hearts. Heal our hearts with our spouses. Heal our hearts with with our relationship to you, God. Heal our hearts with our children. Those things that we've never been able to get over. Lord, I believe that as as you start to heal our heart, Lord, you're going you're gonna to give us life. And you're going to give us abundant life. And you're going to give us good days. Just ask you, Lord, that we would take your word today and begin to apply it to our life.
are you here today? And you just don't know how you just don't know how to step. You just don't know where to step next. I want you to know that the Lord is so good that He has a future for you. But it requires a step by you, and it requires a step for you to step toward Him. Would you step toward Him this morning in faith? Maybe you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've just stepped away. Maybe you've ran away. I believe the word of the Lord this morning is just take one step. Take one step of turning your heart back to me. God would say, take one step turning back to me. His word says, if you will move toward him, he will move toward you. Would you do that this morning? Those that are praying with me, come on down. I just want to open the altar and just say, if you need prayer, if you need to take that step, take that step this morning and let us pray with you. It may be that just right where you sit, you just need to get with God and just turn your heart to Him right where you sit. That's fine. Jesus, when He died on the cross, the veil was torn so that there would be a way, a way made for you directly back to the Father. Turn your heart and take that step this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.